Hello, this is Naziati Muhammad Yaakob, your host for Talk Architecture Podcast. We are continuing the ser- series, part three of Job Burnout for an Architect. We started this series looking at a few articles, and today I have listened to a podcast come YouTube channel by Mel Robbins speaking to the author Jenny Wallace in a book that is called just a minute Never Enough When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic and What We Can Do About It It's a New York Times bestseller and the full name is Jennifer Brehany Wallace. Now, a few minutes or 10 minutes into this podcast, which I will put the link below, I am hearing something about understanding the context that we are in when we're in the situation where we are having these burnout symptoms. And Let me read here in the excerpt under the YouTube channel or YouTube video. An episode here with the Harvard-educated, award-winning journalist and researcher Jenny Wallace is here to discuss toxic, toxic achievement and the toxic pressure that makes you feel that no matter what you do or what level of success you achieve, it will never be enough. Now, you we have come across this when someone would say in social media, for example, you have achieved your dream, so what are you worried about now? I mean, many of us have achieved our dreams of being a graduate architect and then after that a professional architect or maybe in property development or uh, working with a developer or many of us set out to be trained as an architect and the qualifications led us somewhere and then somehow we think that it will never be enough. Not all individuals, but some individuals. And it's just... Like I said earlier with the previous part one and part two, could be to do with family influence or family situation or personality traits. And isn't architecture training us to to be competitive? I mean, the environment, the studio environment uh, where you have crits, open... Uh, juries or reviews, yeah, to be better and better, and some sort of perfectionism is happening where we need to be more precise, more concise, and 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 the critique that comes with it, the feedback from our peers, the visiting critiques or our tutors, and sometimes it's too much for some individuals that we know. Uh, we've come across individuals who find it too much, um, the whole architecture culture of it. So architecture culture, is it equating to a toxic achievement 
or a toxic pressure cooker sort of culture and from the school of architecture to the practicing of architecture we we take with us this culture and and it is something that produces results so what jennifer wallace um is suggesting that that's thing about the toxic achievement where it's all about producing the production you're as good your worth is related to what you produce so if you're not producing anything good so you're not worthy and that is the practice of architecture really to keep employees in check and you got to do better you got to work better and then you'll be asking me hey um hang on a minute we have to have this culture if not nobody competes and everybody will come up with mediocre a design now hang on there hang on a little bit okay when we talk about mediocre design what does that mean really what is it something that's unattainable or is it uh shall we say something that is uh viewed only by someone who can call the shots because if it's the director or the associate they have a certain vision and the staff is not achieving more is that vision not clear let let me say it again is the vision of the associate and the director not that clear or they use the situation to make the staff produce more so i'm not saying that this is something common in architecture practice and it's just the way we are trained maybe we think that's the right way to make our staff be on you know um at the edge of the seat or i mean at, at the edge of competition you know i, I mean always being competitive and do we view our staff members from the view, viewpoint of the employer do we view our staff those working with for us or working with us which one that you feel are we viewing that they are indispensable i mean when when i, I was a, a graduating architect and i was working in and the viewpoint that i had was that they pay you at that time i think the pay was kind of generous but you're indispensable meaning that if you don't perform to the level that they expect you to they create that culture in the office and if you don't perform or you feel that you know am i worthy am i worthy am i worthy that's the way that they keep you in check and you try a bit more you try a bit more and i suppose you'll feel bad after you quit the job you know feel bad about yourself or feel that something is not right or you you might even give up on working in the architecture practice so this thing that Jennifer Wallace proposes or propose in her book 
um, Never Enough. Again, I will read the name of the book. Never Enough, When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic. We think positively about achievement culture. I mean, to achieve the degree of design that is award-winning or the possibility of it being an award-winning design. But the sort of toxicity in the work environment, I mean, in terms of the culture, is due to an unbelievable situation that you are always needing to perform better. What is wrong about that? In school, there is a thing called evaluation. Evaluating uh, the student's performance. Okay, uh, an expectation of an A grade or expectation of a B grade, expectation of a C grade would depend on, you know, uh, that you've done this amount of work and you can get an A and you've shown that you've ticked the boxes in terms of of the brief and, and, and you've done this and preceding studies or whatever that's necessary to make it like you have done what you need to do. It has been in the past before they had this evaluation checklist or sheet of assessment paper. Yeah, assessment sheet, they call it. Um, Previously, it's like um, human beings will get B and only God will get A. So nobody gets A. And so they want to change this culture where you can achieve A. And... um, and there's also a downside to that because you're always asking for what is A when you're doing your practice. And it can be played that you need to do more and more and work harder and harder. And if you are the boss, aren't you aware that you're creating a toxic environment and Although you are creating an achievement culture, it could be toxic because your employees doubt themselves, doubt their worthiness. Is that the way you'd like it to be played out? Because you're not telling directly to the staff that member that, no, uh, your surplus to the to the office um, uh, team, and you you know you need to go to to find another job, but there is no clue from the boss that I'm doing well and I can get promoted. So sometimes that is not that clear. How is it? What is it that you achieve? which is worthy of what the boss thinks you are. So the, so some people will say that uh, in an office, okay, that person suck up to the boss. So that's why they get promoted. Or this person, you know, this not very good designer, but because that person can talk very well, that person gets promoted or something. You know, this is sort of 
questioning about what is it that makes someone to be promoted or to be evaluated as someone who is um have achieved enough so the goalpost has changed or is it that there is no goalpost it's just that you just have to figure out based on the office culture now there's a lot of issues about toxic toxic culture um a toxic environment or environment that is not supportive of um work life balance to be achieved by the worker now hanging around after work and trying to do a bit of work but really you're stretching out your couple hours and there's very little work done but you need to show that you're still hanging around after office hours at a certain time when everybody else is hanging around and doing work it's not really it's not healthy let's just say it and um there is more to that obviously if a boss is very um but discerning they would figure out oh you're just hanging around but you're not doing any job so might as well go home or the boss is eh, good you're hanging around you can feel the vibe and you can finish up the work and whatever work and give support to the other team members so i can't figure this out is there such a thing as that sort of toxicity in the work environment where there is a guessing game so is 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 just something that i'd like to highlight really um in this 15 minutes of of a uh, chatter with regard to referring to this youtube um channel on your toolkit for preventing burnout and improving resilience in tough times uh the mel robbins podcast so like i said earlier with job burnout symptoms for the architect when you feel toxic pressure at work it says here when you feel it at work and you feel it at home then it become much more critical so um it could trickle into your home environment or the home environment trickling uh, was not really the pressure at home trickling into the into work place so um there is such a thing as burnout symptoms due to um being um a parent or you know tired of the never ending um things to do even though uh, there are good things but because there's too much of it so there could be frustrations because you don't see people appreciating you and and so on so here journey wallace say that pressure is backfiring because all anyone really wants is to feel like they matter that is all really that you matter so she mentioned about the seven changes that you can make that will boost your kids confidence and resilience to get off this hamster wheel that is leading nowhere so when you think about a parent who is also working as an architect and if you 
struggle with the work-life balance and feel burned out, the research will empower you to learn the one question to ask your kid that shows you love them. Yeah, these things that affect the, the home environment. And stop working yourself into the ground to prove your worth. What happens in work affects in life. So what happens if you are trying to prove your worth at work, then you have the the added pressure with home. Number three, why you are your harshest critic and the simple things you need to do to become your biggest fan. Snip the tie between achievement and self-worth. So this thing about toxic achievement and the feeling self-worth, worthy of it or not, just snip it so that you are worthy. Just you matter and you're part of the working, um, a workplace, work environment, and you share some of the burdens and you give your time and energy to produce the work necessary. And that that's it, really. Um, you're worthy and you have achieved what you need to achieve. And the dream of being an architect, there you go. Happy days. So another point here is unplug yourself from the stress loop of other people and never get rattled again. Other people are affecting you and you could also be affected by, you could also affect them and they're affecting you. So so basically get get out of each other's loop in order for you to go back to yourself and concentrate on yourself and what's necessary to be done so that you won't get stressed out and anxious. So another point is the three things you can do to show people you love that they matter to you also in this podcast. Stop beating yourself up for not having the perfect home or getting A's on every test and prioritize what really matters instead. So she also remind you that to get off the hamster wheel and stop being obsessed with achieving, having, and winning. You hold the key to helping yourself and others feel like they matter in this world. It's time to unlock it. As someone who wanted to be competitive, I I was raised to do as much as I could, but I wasn't raised to to be competitive from the word go. I did well as well as I could and but I I was competitive thereafter. There was a certain point when I was in university I was getting competitive and I started being competitive in my late twenties and two thirties and as a result that state of mind of wanting to do better and feel worthy caught me up. Yeah, it's it caught me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to, but understandably, it's not entirely the problem of others, but of what others did, but of what I didn't really realize what I was doing. So I think it's very important to actually understand 
this topic and and that under the uh, I, I please bear with me I've taken a few more minutes than usual in this podcast but really is is um is a lesson that needs to be learned and and this is a really good uh podcast and, and relating to that book by Jenny Wallace so you hold the key to helping yourself and others feel like they matter in this world so yeah being kind being generous first being mindful to yourself and then being mindful what how you affect others and having conversations that are not triggering people and not questioning people uh, not questioning other people's worth and that is a good leadership in the office so thank you for listening and do listen to this podcast and find out more and there'll be more on this that I will summarize later in the coming weeks and months take care